We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, sports fans? Welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Vince D'Addario. That guy's Brian Driscoll. And we are right back at it again for another 1 o'clock show. We'll cut 1 o'clock-ish show. And uh, <laughs> that's just always fun. Um, we, today uh, is a fun one because we talked about in previous shows. Uh, and, hold on. Back up. <laughs> schedule for today is yeah. there, be, there's there's Irish such breakdown a busy for days. day that Vince feels we got to just dive right in. Yeah, it's I know. It's like, a crazy day. So Irish breakdown is going to be all over the place over the next yes. few days. But today specifically, of course, we got our show today. We're going to talk freshmen. Then, of course, at six o'clock, we've got IB Nation Sports Talk with Sean Steyer. So he's going to be doing his thing from six to seven. And then you get an hour break. He's talking then, about Vegas being down on Notre Dame again. It's going to be an interesting ooh, show. Yes. Okay. Yes. Going go with odds. Kind of like how they had the, you know, Notre Dame, what was it, like seven and a half, eight and a half wins last year? It's like, that was the easiest yeah. money I've ever made. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, so he's going to talk about sports odds and stuff like that. And then at eight o'clock, IB will be back for the uh, commitment announcement of Cam Williams. And, Brian and Ryan will break down that commitment and, you know, wherever, wherever he's he going to go, nope, wherever <laughs> he's going to go and um, what that means to Notre Dame, positive or negative. And so that, that'll be a fun one well, as we well. Feel so, good. so we okay. Feel good. I'll let you say it. So <laughs> I never know. I never know where that line is. So right. I just stay off right. of it completely, but normally we try to tote a little bit uh, better, but like this one is so, I mean, okay. Him right. and, and other Notre Dame commits are like, okay, guys, you're leaving like no suspense whatsoever. You can't blame us for this one. <laughs> you can't blame us for Fair this enough. One. So three shows yeah. today and then multiple shows moving forward. I don't know if you want to jump into any of that, but we've got, no, I mean, it's yeah, going to we'll, be a crazy we'll, we'll next get into that at the days. end of the day, but it's going to be yeah. a, 
three shows today, one, yeah. six, and eight, and then it's just going to be great. We're going to have a show every day this week. It's going to be wild. Yeah, so. Saturday and Sunday combined. So, uh, but today, but I've been looking, yeah, I've been looking oh. forward to this one, Vince. Yeah, me no, too. This is this is one like because we were teasing it a little bit last with the breakout week. players, yeah, right? When we were yeah. talking about, and we're like, okay, we're not going to talk about freshmen because that we're going to have a special show just on freshmen. And guess what? Today is that day. So That's right. it is just freshmen. It's freshmen that we think are going to co- going to contribute. And of course, there's different layers of contribution. If they, mm-hmm. Are they going to be a rotation player? Are they going to be a special teams player? Are they going to be Could somebody maybe impact the starting role? Right? right. Absolutely. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I, I'm pretty fired up about it. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, because this is we've been doing this for a while, Brian, and it feels like and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Your memory is a thousand times better than me. This feels like a special freshman class. Yeah. It just feels like there's more names that can contribute, and not because they have to. It's because right. they can and they will. Like it's, it's not like in the past where oh, but there's no depth on the defensive line. Freshmen have to play. Have to play, right? Like Myron, right. Kurt Heinish, and yes. freshman in seventeen, not, they had to play. Right. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking right. about guys that are coming in that are good enough to break into the two D potentially, yeah, because they're good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out Trade Coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish 
and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. This is really a special group. I, I would say that there's maybe maybe one position on offense where maybe a freshman kind of has to be ready to play, and that's Tobias Merriweather. We'll get into him specifically in a little bit. But as you said, Vince, you know, yeah, there were some misses last year and, you know, missed out on, you know, C.J. Williams late, which is a bummer, and Devin Moore jumps out late, and that was a sure. bummer. But it, it was just an excellent class. You know, it finished ranked sixth in the country, and – and I love that you went there, Vince, because I forgot to put that part of the the whole class intro into the outline I sent you. So I was like texting you and you're like, dude, talk about the whole class. And before I hit send, you were already talking about it because <laughs> it is true where this is such a good class, Vince, that it's like, yeah. there's not a lot of spots. Like a, a lot of the guys on our, on our list are defensive guys. There is nowhere on defense where a freshman is just walking into a situation where he has to play. Not not one. Exactly. And right. yet our list is primarily made up of freshmen because they're just too good. Yeah. And and that's obviously especially true on, on special teams. And and you know, then you look at, at on offense, obviously Jadarian Price would have been in this conversation if not for the knee injury. I mean, he would have been near the top of the list. And again, it was a situation where it's not that they needed Jadarian to come in and play as a freshman. It was just that he was so good in the spring that you know that he was he was just going to play. And I think there's going to uh, a lot of that We're I'm hearing some really good things about some of these players, Vince. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of start off on the offensive side because that's where a couple sure. of the, the really guys that I'm hearing like, wow, this kid is, <laughs> this kid is the deal. I'm hearing a lot of that on offense. And, yeah. but just overall though, you know, we talk a lot about the need to stack classes on top of each other. Right. And the 21 class was so loaded on offense. They didn't add a ton of skill. You know, like there's the two tight ends, one receiver, one back, but the skill is really good. Right. But where 21 was lacking was kind of the defensive side of the ball. It just wasn't quite as deep in some spots. And, you know, then there's some projects with high upside, like corner. I love the upside, but all those guys needed work. You know, defensive line was kind of similar. You know, there was Jason Onye. I loved his upside, but he, he was going to need some time sure. and, to develop yeah. and all that. But you you balance that really great offensive class with Buckner and and Diggs and Estime and Styles and Colsey and Thomas and Barong and of course the you know Joe Alt, Blake Fisher. Yep. Such a great freshman class. Now this class is more of we're saying that about the defense. And then the offensive class was sort of like some of the past defensive classes, like like the 21 defensive class didn't have a lot, but it had a couple of guys we really liked. You sure. know, it had I mean, you and I love Ryan Barnes, Prince Collie, oh, yeah. Gabriel yep. Rubio. But then there was a bigger drop-off and a lot more projectable. Will Schweitzer, a kid that we both like his film, but he's going to need time. And yeah. he's got he's a bit of a project. And yeah, right. I mean, he's, a, he's a ball of clay. You know? Right. Chance Talker's a guy that I know you liked even more than I did. I've been, But I've been saying from day one, like, here's what I think of this kid, but I think he's going to make me look stupid, you know, yeah. for having that, you know, not a higher opinion. But it was like, you always knew he was going to need time. Right. This class is like – the veterans better watch out because right. if they exactly. don't bring it and, and honestly, Vince, that's where I think this freshman class is going to have the biggest impact, even beyond their own individual impact. If you're a veteran linebacker, <laughs> you can't take a day off. No. If you're a veteran corner, I would strongly encourage you not to take a day off. Right. You know what I mean? If you're Absolutely. a defensive lineman, I would strongly encourage. And if you're a receiver, <laughs> you definitely better you know, and same thing at tight end. I mean, Michael right. Mayer's the dude, right? Of course. And that's but, but they need at least two. Right, right. I mean, right. Mitchell Evans, Kevin Bauman, Kane Barong, like y'all better bring it. 
And the point is, is if those guys don't play, the odds are pretty good that it's because their talent and the overall culture of the program is such that those veterans are, are that competition. The Marcus Freeman talks about nonstop, right? Talked about it again. When I interviewed him, when I sat down with him in his office the other day, it's the competition and just like in everything, like we started meetings off with like Gatorade chugging contests, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it was just one of those things where it's like, it's just, it's everything. He's like, we compete about everything, grades, drinking Gatorade. I mean, just everything. <laughs> love it. I love it. And yes. I love it. And, but it's the same, but, he, but he, then we talked about like how it's on the field too, right? Like you, you better bring it because we're going to keep recruiting talented guys, talented guys, talented guys. That's what we always hear about Bama. That's what we heard about USC when they were great. You know, we talked about when Pete was here and they were really, really thriving. Um, you know, it was, yeah, it was one of those things where uh, they would talk about how like Saturday was the easy part. Right. right? Exactly. And that's what Coach Freeman's trying to build. We've talked about how that was that way in 2017 with the D line. Mike Elko kind of talked about that. Like, like their their easiest parts of the of the year were Saturdays because right. they weren't having to go against Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey and Alex Bars and those guys anymore. And that's what they're trying to build. But that's why this freshman class is so important, especially on defense, because even though the defense right now is the stronger side of the ball, the deeper side of the ball, the more established side of the ball, those guys can't rest easy because of how good this freshman class is and sometimes and that's what we say Vince you've you've experienced this as a coach I've experienced as a coach everyone in this chat that's been a coach I don't care what sport it is right any kind of team sport it's you freshmen can have younger players can have an impact even if it's not them because their talent forces everybody else to say hey if I want to keep this job I got to stay locked in because I can't take a day off. I'm not feeling good today. I had a fight with my girlfriend last night. Right, right. There's an issue at home. There's this, all the things that plague these kids, right? Because these are young men that battle life just like we all battle life. But it's those kind of things that make you say, I'll deal with that later. Because right right now, for these next two hours, I got to lock in and bring it. And that makes you a better football team. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, it's very... It's similar to the movie Miracle, where Herb Brooks brought that kid in from Minnesota in the middle of the, like their training camp, and they're like, "Whoa, what? What is like?" Because they got they got complacent, right? And then he comes in, and they kind of gel together, and they get more competitive, et cetera, et cetera. I see that every year when I bring new guys up to the varsity at the high school level, even right, mm-hmm. and the guys that have been there, they're like, "Okay." that kid's not taking my spot, right. you know, this is my right. spot and, and it ups the level of competition. And I love that. And that's kind of similar to what you were talking about. And, and if you, like you said, if you're a coach, you've seen it a million times. If you're a player, you've definitely seen it. A, a transfer kid comes in. Oh, coach thinks that we need this guy. Well, I'm here and I'm going to make sure that we don't need that guy. You know right. what I mean? It, it, it's very similar to that. Right. And there's a ton of talent in this freshman class that's coming in. And if the players didn't know it before June, whatever, they're getting to know it here pretty quickly. And it's only going to amp up the competition. And if it doesn't amp up the competition for some of these veterans, they're going to lose playing time, plain and simple. One thing that I have heard that I think is important, and I'm still trying to gather more intel about, you know, who we're hearing. And that's why this show isn't about, well, here's who we're hearing is going to play. Because I'm still gathering that. It's still early in the in the summer events. I mean, we'll, we'll have more as we kind of get into of mid-July and things like yep. that. You know, but but one of the things I have heard, and I was talking to the parent of a of a freshman yesterday. Okay. And he was talking about, you know, how the coaches are really encouraging the freshman class to push and to push and to work and not settle for sitting on the bench and those kind of things. But he said, 
what what they really liked was the fact that the veterans were very also still very welcoming. It's like there's not that That's looking over your shoulder and then treating that young kid like poorly because which is the mark of a team with a bad culture. And that is when I start hearing things like that, Vince, it's like, you know, the, the, they're shunning this freshman because they don't want him to take the spot sure. of their buddy. That's the, that's the mark of a, of a unhealthy football culture. That's a bunch, that's a bunch of individuals. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It, that care more about their feelings right. than winning right. games. Cause most teams like, Hey, that's my boy, but yo, this cat can help us win. We got to play him. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yep. And that's the mark of a healthy culture. And, and so that's what we're hearing so far is that the young, like the veterans are taking these young guys, coaching them up. Hey, correcting this. Like if a kid's screwing up, like if you're only worried about yourself, you're like, I don't screw up. I'm not worried. I'm not doing it. Cause then he's going right. to take my job, but that's not what we're hearing. We're hearing that the veterans are embracing these kids, coaching these kids up. You know, like you're hearing Jason and Justin Adamiola are working with Tyson Ford and Aiden Gobire. You know, you're hearing Foskey and his the leadership he's bringing. Cam Hart with the younger corners. I mean, those are all things you love to hear. Absolutely. Because that's the mark of a healthy uh, football team. But that's sort of the big picture talk, Vince. I'm mm-hmm. excited to start diving into mm-hmm. these guys individually. No question. So we're going to start on offense. And you want to go in the order of the list that we had discussed? Okay. Just, yes, wanted, just wanted to double check. So. Let's start at wide receiver because I think and we, we both made the point that this freshman class is going to push their way into the conversation regardless of what's going on at the depth chart. I think this is the one position where you could say you could push back on that just a little right. bit, right? Because right. depth is not where they want it at the wide receiver position. That's not that's not an argument. That's a fact. You you yourself said they they, you know, you want to kind of be at the 10 scholarship player mark and i think they've Mm -hmm. got seven returning scholarship players right so they're below where they want to be it's a perfect opportunity for a talented freshman to come in and make some noise and tobias merriweather is already making some noise Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm not surprised at all no i mean i'm not like i would have been more surprised we didn't hear but that he's he is one of the players that i've heard a lot about from just different sources like yeah this kid's this kid's legit, you know, right? Because he's so long. It's everything you'd expect, right? He's long, he's fast for his size, you know, great ball skills, great route runner. And he's got a little bit of that dog in him, Vince, yeah. right? And that's something as a football coach you love. And yeah. what I mean by that is like, you know, like that that lead that you know, I'm the leader of the pack, man. Like, I'm gonna compete, I'm gonna battle, mm-hmm. you know, like I know I'm better than you, and I'm gonna go show it, right? Like, that's what we mean by like, you know, when you got that dog in him, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna outwork you. Mm-hmm. And he's got a little bit of that, right? And you need that confidence. That's the thing is, Vince, is I don't care how talented you are. If you don't have that, you're not going to play early. Right. When you're young, you have to have a little bit of that. And and so, obviously, with the numbers being on the thinner side, there's a few less reps to go around. Sure. Or a few more reps to go yeah, around. for the younger guy. Yep. Right. And, and so, you know, from what I've heard is Tobias kind of showed up. like, And this is something that I have been told by multiple people close to the program that they've said the coaches have told these kids. Do not even think about coming here and sitting for a year and trying to get your feet wet. Skill <laughs> players, you know, I mean, linemen's a different animal. Like, you're not telling Amir Wagner, hey, you better be ready to beat out, you know, Joe Alder. He's 260 pounds, right? right. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. Skill's different than linemen, offensive linemen. But, you know, they, they're telling Tobias and the tight ends and all these other guys, you better come in ready to play. And Tobias is one of those guys that didn't need to be told that. Right. right, like that's right. kind of who Tobias is, Good right? Good call. And so showed up at 188. I expect him to be over 190 pounds by the time the season starts, which is going to be great. Uh, I mean, when he if he shows up at 188, then you're like, okay, then 
you're going to get at least five pounds during the summer. Right. Workout. And they've got him listed as 190 on the on the uh, roster. So they've Did already. The, yeah, the one I saw the other day had him at 188. So <laughs> they, they even must have updated, updated it. Yeah, they've yeah. updated it. I think they so, added the walk-ons and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's going to be, that's going to be important. And, you know, again, he's going to continue to fill out, but, you know, he's a guy, Vince, as we've talked about, he brings something different to the yes. roster that they don't really have, you know, and again, he's got that, like we've talked, compared him to T Higgins and, you know, six, four plus his dad's a track guy. Mm-hmm. And his dad's a track coach. And, you know, Tobias, I think last year as a, as a junior on the same day, won the one, two and four in, in state championships. I don't, he won. He won at least a couple of them this year, but he was battling a hamstring injury, which tells you a lot that he won a state championship in track uh, while while dealing with a with a hamstring issue. Average, uh, you know. And he's he's just that long strider type of kid. And he's healthy now, but the point is, the dad's kind of taught him all the things that you need to have uh, when you're that kind of guy. He won the two hundred and finished second in the one hundred at the at the state championship meet. That's moving. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's, that's moving. Good. And yeah. I don't think he won. I don't think he competed in the four hundred because of the 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 the, the, um, the hamstring. Yeah, because doing, of the hamstring. Doing yeah. three races is tough. Yeah, in any track meet, I can yeah. tell you that from experience. Yeah, and he kind of did that. He kind of did that all. Like he didn't do as much of the four hundred as a senior as he did as a junior. I think a lot of it had to do and with I'm, the hamstring. And I'm sure, depending on what the rest of his team looked like, they were trying to get him in the relays as well. Right. You know what I mean? So like, right. that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. Right. To do in the meet. So the, the point is, he's going to be in great shape. Yeah. Right. He's going to be. He's going to be. You know, track athletes. I, I feel like football players tend to either be super tightly wound or really flexible i think tobias is more on the really flexible side he's more of a football player that also does track you know and his dad's so the the running technique is going to be good track guys tend to be more efficient with right. their you know that they, they can be coached into being good route runners a lot of times especially the taller guys because they understand the importance of technique and efficiency and getting out of the blocks fast and right. you know the the need to eliminate wasted motion and all that kind of stuff which is going to help him and you saw that on the football field he was in high school and I think part of the reason he was overlooked is because there's this, you know, there's this, obviously he's from Washington, didn't go to a lot of camps because uh, he was a track guy. He wasn't going to camps because right. he's running track. He's, he's trying to win a state championship in yeah. track. Right. And then, of course, his junior year, there's the COVID stuff. So he couldn't do that that summer. He did some of it a little bit, but it was all like regional because of COVID things and 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 all that type of stuff. So I think that kind of tamped down. And he played in a system that just didn't have, didn't give him the ball enough, to be honest yeah. with you. Right. But an extremely talented player and a guy that Notre Dame people are excited about. And oh. the thing too, Vince, is he 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 does two things, right? Number one, he can play to the field and give you have a chance to, you know, with him and Deion Colsey or him and Jaden Thomas, there's an opportunity to have a bigger alignment. Sure. He can kind of play to the field. He's got that route running ability. He's got the, you know, he can run crossers and drags as, as well as the vertical oriented routes. He's got enough wiggle. I mean, you saw in the high school film. I mean, he can make guys miss for a big guy. I mean, he's not going to look like Reggie Bush, but he can make people miss. So he can, he's he not can throw like a that, screen yeah. to him. Right. You can throw a screen to him and do some different things with him. But he also has, if especially if he's over 190 by the time the season starts, there's the potential for him to really also make an impact in that boundary stuff. And that's where I'm told he's playing right now. That's is not the boundary. That's where I would want him to be. Yeah. To be honest um, with you. Yeah. And it's because of that size and, you know, mm-hmm. but the concern of the boundary is, you know, freshman who's like a buck 80, you know, in high sure. school, like, can he handle the physical Press coverage layers? and all that? But and yeah, and that's I, the thing that I've heard. Yeah. That's where the 190 plus impacts events. Well, and th- and I will also say if this was this time last year, I would have more worry about a young kid learning technique about how to get off the line of scrimmage than I do now. I mean, I, that's, 
And I, I, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but it's just a simple fact. Yeah. I have a lot more faith in the teaching that is going on when it comes to press coverage and technique yeah. than I have in the past. And I, Chancey Stuck is going to teach him how to do it. And Tobias comes in with, I mean, that's the one thing Ryan and I were talking about the other day is he's a very advanced football player. Right. I mean, I, I joked with you one time, I think I sent you a tweet during the season and I said, it was a clip of Tobias just shaking a kid at the line of scrimmage. And I was like, uh, this is the best route technique I've press release technique I've seen from it. Do you remember that now? Mm-hmm. This is the best uh, press technique I've seen from a Notre Dame receiver all year. Yeah, right. And it was uh, clipping him in a high school football yet. game yeah. on Friday night. And right. So he comes with a good baseline. And then you add on to top of that, Vince, the fact that we think Coach Stuckey's going to do it. Right. He's going to have an, I mean, he's going to be a guy that right away you're like, okay, this guy's got a chance. And he is going to help us learn ultimately about Deion Colsey. There you go. Yep, absolutely. And because Deion's going to be like, okay, this dude's bringing it. Let me match that. And, right. and if that happens, then this is going to be really fun. And I like that one-two punch yeah. over there if they yeah. can make that work. Because I, yeah. I'm i with you 100%. I think a lot of people have forgotten about Dion because he's a, he's a sophomore now. So it's time to move on from him. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're done with him. someone in the 2025 class. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people have forgotten about Dion and yeah. I, and I mean that seriously because when you know, a couple of times that he got an opportunity, you know, he, he looked a little bit lost, and I, but I don't put that on him right. and he has an amazing opportunity only as a sophomore to come in and prove a lot of people wrong because they're already thinking about Tobias Merriweather taking his spot, et cetera, et cetera. That's he may, gotta, and, and that's mean, got he, he may, but he may, but that's got to up his game. Right. And if and if they can get a nice little one-two going over there at the uh, at the boundary position, it's only going to help the both of them, right. frankly, because they're you know you, you, less reps, more explosion, all of those different things. If they can both provide solid time at that boundary position, that's going to make this group that much better. Yeah, that's a that's the interesting thing, Vince, is that is that Deion Colsey dynamic. Cause if they both step up, then this receiving core is going to be really, really, yes. really special. Cause Absolutely. like, we know what Avery is going to be, right? As long as he's healthy, Avery's going to be a steady Eddie. last year, guy. you know, 40 catches, 600 yards, five touchdowns, great slot yeah. production. Right. You, you know, you, you know, you know, at least the floor of what Brayden Lindsay is going to be. Sure. Right. And then Lorenzo styles. Right. So that duo right there, you know, if Braden doesn't step up, Lorenzo can easily slide outside to the X and Avery can be the Z. If Braden steps up, which you and I predict that he is going to have a, a breakout, then all of a sudden you can lose Lorenzo in the slot. You can use Lorenzo outside. You can use Braden outside. You can use Braden in the slot. You could put Lorenzo in the boundary at times. So I feel like really good about the field possibilities. Yeah. And 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 then also if if Tobias and Dion step up. When Joe Wilkins comes back, you can yep. use him more to the field where I think he's better suited. I agree with that one. And then you also don't have to force Jaden Thomas into the boundary. And that opens – so all of a sudden the depth chart is starting to look really interesting. And then you can use guys in different packages. So I just love the idea of coming out 12 personnel once, Vince, where I've got Deion Colsey to one side. I've got Tobias Merriweather to the other side. I've got Michael Mayer and – pick a tight end, you know, like roll the dice, pick a tight end (laughs) and start feeling really good about your ability to just come run at people. Yeah. But then on the very next play, be like, we're going to throw down the field because we've got these giants. I mean, you start having kind of flashbacks of what Vince, (laughs) Samarja Stovall, right? Like those, you know, miles and chase in 2018. Uh, You know, you start feeling really good about those kind of things. Absolutely. My confidence level in the wide receivers grows as Tobias Merriweather 
and Chris and Deion Colsey, right? And Deion Colsey, right. absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Agree. So speaking let, of tight ends, I was going to say that is a, <laughs> you just you know we've been doing this a little about a year and a half, man. The transitions are just smooth, baby. Uh, so yeah, speaking of tight end, we've got Eli Raritan, Holden stays, and you mentioned it. If the guys that are on the roster already don't bring it, these guys are going to be like, okay, and they still might. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's how good this duo Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Some of the guys could play okay and still get beat out by these kids. And I'm not predicting. And this isn't like you know we need to be careful about like the the hype train of the freshman, right? right? And then you know we we pick apart the veteran and you know everything he does wrong. And then well, this guy's going to beat him out. What well, makes you say that? Well, this guy didn't do this. Well, like, well, that other guy hasn't had a chance to do that. We don't know what he's going to do. You right. know. Uh, because based on high school film, this kid is this, and now you're da- dogging him because of what he didn't do as a true freshman, and you're just going to assume this other. You know, I hate that stuff, right? I hate the dismissing, and it's getting younger and younger and younger. Like now, we're like, you know, Tyler Buckner, ah, he's done. Let's replace yeah. the 24 quarterback. You true know what I mean? Like, done. Don't need really? Him. Yeah, really. Uh, same thing with Deion Colsey and all these other guys. So I don't want to get into that, but look, it, but we also have to call it like it is. And the reality is, is that Eli Raritan and Holden Stace just God-given talent-wise, have as much, if not more talent than anybody else on the roster other than that dude named Michael Mayer. Right. Right? Like, you know, I think Kane Barong kind of can be in that option is sort of like the the H-back kind of thing. I really like Kane's talent a lot. But when I look at Bauman and Mitchell Evans, who are, you know, quality players, like this, these cats bring a little something different to the table. Yes. Now, will we see that as freshmen? We don't know. And I, you know, I still want to see, I, I don't want Eli Rare to get rushed into this too right. much because he's coming back from the knee injury. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me with him. But he, man. Was, a, he was a dude. Like, I, I was excited about him as a football player. You know what I mean? Watching his film and things like that. But then seeing his basketball highlights as well, it's like, okay, he's a tight end. Yeah. All right. Like, he, this kid is an athlete. And you don't hear that much when you're talking about straight up tight right. ends, right? Right. This kid is special. And yeah. he's exciting. And I don't, I do not want them to rush him back right. in fear that it could be some, you know, he re-injures it or, or whatever. And he can't right. elevate or as, as going we've to be. seen before Vince. It's the other parts of the muscles around his knee aren't strong to where need to be yet. And you end up hurting something like that. Like it right. leads to another injury that may seem like a new injury, but it's actually related to rushing a guy back. So, you know, a pulled quad, a torn hamstring, something like that. That's, to- that's, geared towards you put too much strain you didn't build up right. those muscles enough to the point where you're doing that you're that compensating and then you get that. another injury right. and it just it com- starts right. to compound on itself and then right. and Notre Dame's been pretty issue. good about that sure I will sure. say that like they've been and they're deep at tight end yeah. I feel like they're deep at tight end so they right. don't need to rush him back it's yeah. not a situation where oh what do we do if we don't have yeah. you know Right. Yeah. Like Kane Barong, I was told, has been fully cleared. So he's back to full workouts. You know, I think Kevin Bauman's work, he, he's still kind of recovering, but he's his his injury wasn't as severe as, as we thought. So he's working in. Mitchell Evans is working in. Mayor holding Stace is healthy. So you're right, Vince. There's a lot of reps to go around, which means, right. you know, guys don't have to necessarily take a million reps. But, you know, you look at Eli Raritan, too, and and it's not just about, Oh, he's talented. It's like, well, okay. But then how does he fit into the depth chart? Right? Like that's the thing. And sure. the thing about unique is uh, un- that's unique about Eli is he is kind of a, a really explosive athlete. Right. And vertically, especially like speed jumping. Right. And he's six, six, he's long, he's fast. You know, he's got, he's got a really nice burst and all those type of things. Yeah. He's, he's evolved as a route runner, although technically is where he needs the biggest jump. Like that's where, 
Sure. If he doesn't play a lot as a freshman, it's going to be that. It's going to yeah. be learning the offense. Because he got learning. away with his athleticism. Yeah, he can just be better than dudes. Yeah. He's got to improve that part of his game, and that's what uh, summers, a lot of that is about the summer. But, you know, because he is a 6'6", 225, you know, you're not lining him up in, in, on the attached to the, ta- to the tackle in a re- against Ohio State and saying, go block right. Zach Harrison. That's you know what I mean? just not good coaching, Frank, to be honest right. with you. Like, you know, you yeah. may motion around, but, you know, it's like find a package where, you know, you're lining him about wide. You're doing different things with him and and and, and taking advantage of that part of his game. You know, is he ready to be the full-time number two? I got to see a lot more than that, including strength. But, like, as far as part of a rotation, and that's what I think we may see a lot at tight end this year, Vince, is not so much a here's the number two. Right. And here's the number three. I agree. But in this package, we like this combo. In this package, we like that combo or that trio. And I think we may see some of that. And I think Eli Raritan brings a lot of that. Then you look at Holden Stace and you say, and this is what we loved about him when they signed, right, was the complementary nature of what they do. Holden Stace, to me, is kind of like a bigger version of Tommy Trumbull. Yeah. You know, as far as the role where you can actually line him up attached a little bit more. Maybe not as a true freshman. We'll see that. But you know, you can motion him. You can do some H-back stuff. Very willing blocker in high school. Mm-hmm. And he played D-line as well, which I think helped him understand the need for hand fighting and leverage and all that leverage. kind of stuff as a defensive player. Leverage is a big one. Yeah, you know, he's a guy that's going to could, could potentially battle for more of that inline role, even though that may not be all he does down the road. Maybe that's his early niche, right? And so I love this combination. I love this duo. And I'm like, man, they're going to be hard to keep off. If they don't play a lot of reps this year, it's because, A, they just could pick up the offense, or, B, mm-hmm. they forced other people to really step up. Mitchell yeah. Evans has a great offseason. Or Kane Barong comes back hungry and healthy. And Kevin Bauman, the light finally goes on, or whatever the case may be. But, man, these kids are going to be hard to keep off the field, Vince. And, and yeah. their presence is why I get excited about tight end, because it's like, well, I don't know about this guy, this guy, and this guy. I'm like, but there's just so many guys that have talent that you just – I'd be shocked if at least one of – because here's the thing. You only need one of the five to really emerge as a full-time kind of guy. Otherwise, you got other guys that can kind of – you know, maybe Mitchell Evans isn't built for this – all this entire role, but he can do this and this really well. So right. you use him in that regard. And then, Exactly. And, you know, you got to be careful because then when guys are in the field game, you kind of have an idea. So you got to know your own tendencies and – Take advantage, like, hey, look, when Mitchell Evans is in the game, we're 90-something percent run, so next week we're going to go come out first time we're in this package, we're going to run a play-action pass and send only Mitchell Evans down the field <laughs> just to break that tendency and give of teams course. something to think about, right? So, I mean, that's part of it, but it doesn't mean you still can't use them in roles right. that they're more comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if it kind of varies from week to week. So mm-hmm. you just start feeling really good about this because these two kids are healthy and and because they're so talented and they're so unique. You know, we're holding Stace and Kane Barong kind of have similar traits, and then Eli Raritan has some similar traits. You know, he's kind of the a little bit of the unicorn. He is the unicorn, right? Me. Yeah. And and Mitchell Evans is kind of in that role, but he's still so so evolving as a tight end. You know, having played quarterback and stuff in high school, so I man, I love this group. But these two freshmen are are just truly it, it, Notre Dame and A and M to me had the the best tight end classes in the country last year, and I wouldn't trade Notre Dame's. The only reason I even throw A and M in there is because they signed three. Okay. You know, uh, it's, but as far as a one, two, there's no one, two punch in the country that I'm taking over the group that Notre Dame signed. I mean, I just, the town is, is exceptional. And I just, I look at it and people say, you know, what about the pass? I'm like, look, we don't know who's going to step up, but when you add the three pass catchers in the freshman class, Tobias and the two freshmen, and you look at the way the sports evolved, if you can't get at least one or two of those guys ready to help in some regard, 
you know, either your depth chart is loaded or you're just still locked too much into the whole expanded playbook thing. And that's the unknown that we don't have right now is, is that, and I'm not saying that's going to be the case. That's not a criticism of Tommy Reese. It's like, we don't really know what that's going to look like. Right. When he doesn't have Brian Kelly looking over his shoulder. It, maybe he takes it even further where he's even more complex, or maybe he dials it back to say, we got to get this dude on the field. I don't know what that's going to look like. We're going to find out. But if you can't get these kids ready to play with also with what we're hearing about how good they've looked since they've shown up, right. Then, you know, I think you. that's kind of a more of a you problem. It's than shame it on you is what right. that is, exactly. you know? Exactly. And, and one last thing about the tight ends. And I know this has literally nothing to do with their play on the field, but I don't care. It means something to me. Every scholarship tight end on the roster is, has a number in the eighties, except for Eli Raritan, who's number nine. And I dig it. I dig the single digit for the tight end, man. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, just saying, a th- no, no, no. It's cool. I mean, it's one of those, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's a personal <laughs> preference thing, right? Like you dig that. I get that. I just have always been a little bit of a traditionalist when it comes to tight ends. And I also look at like who the best tight ends have been. I mean, obviously you've had some with single digits, right? Like Kyle Rudolph was number mm-hmm. nine. That's been yep. pretty big. But then, you know, then I look at like Michael Mayer was, you know, 87. Tyler Eifert was 80. You know, you look at Derek Brown was, wasn't he 87, right? Yeah. Derek Brown was, I think, 87. You know, Irv Smith was like 84. Oscar McBride was was 80. What was Oscar? He, I, I think he was 80, right? I think he was 80. So a lot of them. You know, I, I so that's kind of just the era I grew up in. You know what sure, I mean? No, I get it. It's like, uh, you know, tight ends to me still are 80s. And you look in the NFL, like George Kittle's 85. I mean, you still see in the NFL. So I still like the 80, you know, and, and Holden Stace is 85, which I, I really dig for him. But it's just one of those personal, like, I, a lot of people say, oh, I love underestimate wearing number seven. Like, I think it's a great number, but it's like, I don't know if I like a running back wearing number seven, right? Like, I know Leonard Fournette did it, but it just looks weird on a running back. You know, hey, Jerome Bettis made single digit look sexy. Yeah, okay. but it was six. That's different. It's just like I'm saying, like seven has a unique, distinct look to it that I, you know, I just don't know if I love on a running okay. back because I right. thought that when Leonard Fournette wore it. You know what I mean? Like it just was it, like Jerome Bettis, though. That's a different. I mean, that's a whole because of the shape. This yes, shape exactly. It's not the single digit. Like I think one looks good on a running back. I think two when Dex wore two. Dexter Williams wore two. I thought that looked sweet. I think three, four, five. I mean, five, Reggie Bush, we're number five. It's just seven. It's, it's John Elway, I mean, man. It's the Elway really, curse for you. Maybe. it, But think about it. Seven is the most unique-looking number from one to nine. It's the most unique-looking number. Because it's got a slant. Yes, exactly. Uh, everything else is either straight or has some kind of curve to it, right? So, again, that's why I just think it looks different. But you know, that, but nine, nine is acceptable for me, though, for a tight end. It's acceptable to me. <laughs> I just – I just, you know, I'm old school. I like him in the 80s. But I, at the end of the day, Vince, you know me. I'm like, what number do you think the tight end should wear? Whatever the heck he wants. Yeah. As long as the number's available. As long, yeah, right. as, long as he makes plays and the number's available, I, I don't care. I, I will never I will preference. never forget. I was in high school. I had a very gruffy defensive coordinator. and I was playing safety. And we played very poorly against the team. Actually, we played poorly against South Bend Riley. It's the school that I coach at now. And they had a tight end who was number 90. And he, he brutalized us. Like they just kept throwing to him over and over. And they, we, I don't know, for whatever reason, we weren't covering him, you know, that kind of thing. The next day in practice, he was screaming and yelling, 90 is an eligible number, everybody. Right. Like, it was hilarious. Right. That, that's what I think about every time I think of, of, you know, eligible numbers and all this different stuff. 
And uh, yeah, 90 is an eligible number when mm-hmm. you're going out for a pass. Yeah. I'll never forget it. It reminds me of the scene from uh, my cousin Vinny at the end when he's uh, he's doing the tape measure thing. And he goes, how many fingers are I holding him up? And the judge is like, let the record show that counselor's holding up two fingers. He's like, your honor, please. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> thanks for letting everyone say no, that 90 is, you know, yeah, right. eligible and All right. you know, cued in. The tackle is eligible. The tackle is eligible. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I hate that, by the way, yeah. when they, when they do that. I get that. it. I know, I get but- it. I just, yeah, I don't like it either. As long as the, the, the defense should be responsible for seeing what number a, a guy is wearing Absolutely. in the alignment. And, that, knowing, and knowing if they're on the end of the line of scrimmage and all right. of those different things. Yeah. Like You don't walk them like, uh, so-and-so is an eligible blitzer, you know, right. or so-and-so is blitzing on this play. Yeah, like, you know, right. Exactly. But whatever. Well, whatever. Good stuff. It is what it is. So, Vince, offensive line-wise, I think that's the one where I don't see a freshman coming in and starting. I don't right. see a freshman Agreed. coming in having an impact, like barring injury. But I'm telling you, from some of the things I've heard about Billy Shrouth, he is going to be a guy that that people are going to be talking about, kind of like when Quentin Nelson was a freshman in 2014. Remember, we would hear a lot about – he never played it down because that was before right. you had the whole four, they could play four, four games type thing, of thing. Yeah. He never played it down. But all year we kept hearing about this Quentin Nelson kid. Boy, this guy is going to be really good. And then, of course, he breaks out and he's a redshirt freshman starter in 2015. He was great. I mean, Quentin Nelson was always really good. Yes. I mean, from the moment he stepped on the field in 15 as a starter, as a redshirt freshman, he was really good. And I'm not saying Billy Shrouth is going to be Quentin Nelson. I'm making the point that I'm, I'm going back to sometimes you. we heard that about Alex Bars at times as you well. You can have an effect on the you, team if you, you're not People starting. notice, hey, this guy's not playing right now, but, man, this guy's really good. Yeah. And he's going to be a player. I think we're going to have some of that about Billy Shrouth, whether okay. it happens in fall camp or middle of the year, end of the year. At some point in time this year, you're going to start hearing reporters talk about, you know, when they're looking for things to write about, you know, like, hey, I'm hearing things about Billy Shrouth because he's going to be a guy that I think people are going to take notice of. Yeah. I've heard that he is up over 300 pounds already. And, and it's a good 300-plus pounds. He's healthy. He's cleared from what I'm told. He's good to go. He's been in workouts, I'm told. Again, I don't I don't know if that's 100% true. I'm just telling you what I've been told. I don't know the, the degree if it, you know he's in workouts, if he's in workouts as part of like rehab or if he's fully healthy. I don't know that. He's over I just know he's, he's working out. Yeah, I was told he's over 300 pounds. And it's a good wow. – what I was told is when I when I asked him, I was like, wait a minute, is that is that like 300 pounds? Wow, that's a lot. He's like, oh, he looks great. Looks like, I mean, he's going to be a dude. Wow. So that was a great sign. But, uh, and I've heard he's looking really good in the workouts he is doing. So there's a lot of excitement about what Billy Shrouth is going to bring to the table. Where is he going to play? Guard center. I think that's still to be determined. But probably a lot of a lot of good things about what Billy Shrouth has done so far in workouts. He's the only one so far that I've I've heard about, but I also haven't asked. He was he was that was told to me. I haven't asked sure because I'm like I'm not asking about an offensive lineman during winter work you know, well during summer and, workouts of a true freshman because they're not going to play anyway. Exactly, and that's so, my, that's my. And I only got so thing. many questions. Yeah. I only got so many minutes in which I can have with sources. I can't just go through the entire roster. I got to right. you know, be. Be smart. I don't know when the conversation is going to end, so I got to get the ones that are <laughs> that I really want to know. No, absolutely, absolutely. But the one with Billy has been has been mentioned to me, like that's been brought up to me, and like, right. that's when you start getting excited. Is I've always said this: when someone comes to you mm-hmm. and and they're bringing up a kid that you don't ask about, that's when you really kind of like, oh, oh, okay, exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of how it was. I mean, I was starting here from about Tobias before anyone even before I, I before I asked about freshmen. That's the thing is like that was being told to me like Jaden Mickey and Junior Two Alamock in the spring, people started calling me about them before I even started asking about how the freshmen were doing. Same with Jadarian Price, and I, I like I like how that goes. So 
I think when you look at the emergence of how well Rocco played at the end of the spring and the reports we were hearing about how, because Vince, you and I saw him at the beginning of the spring, and it wasn't good. It was not good but, at all. But from what we heard by the by the middle end of spring, like Rocco was looking really good. And then with what we're hearing now, again, this is without pads on, right? But I don't, I think, I don't think the, the pads part's the one we, the thing we've never been worried about, Billy Shroud, right? Like that's, that's not a concern. But between those two, you start saying like, you know what, guard's going to be in really good hands moving forward. I love that. And because I, I again, they're going to both guards, guards are going to be gone after this year, right? I mean, that's the reality of it. So it's going to be good. But I think that Billy Shroud is going to be a guy that you're starting to hear a lot about as the season goes on. I'm not right. worried about it right now because. Barring injury, he's not playing right now. I mean, right. you've got Patterson, Lug, Christophic, Rocco. There's plenty mm-hmm. of dudes there. Uh, this is more about like kind of looking to the future when a couple of those guys for sure are going to be gone after the 2022 season. So, it, it, again, the, the, the numbers are on offense are not deep now that Jadarian Price is out, but the guys that we do, that we are hearing about, have a chance to really be impact players this year. So let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball because we, I think, yeah, like you said, we, we've kind of hit the offensive guys. The defensive side of the ball, there's more names involved here for mm-hmm. sure. So let's start in the back. It's bigger class. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That, that, that's a really good point. We'll start because, in the back. Because real quick, Vince, because Notre Dame signed one, two, three. Uh, we didn't talk about Jabron Payne because I just haven't heard anything, and I, and I, and I don't want to spend too much time on him until we find out how he right. looks and all that. But you got you sign one quarterback, two running backs, one receiver, and two tight ends. That's six guys. I mean, the other five signees were linemen, which we don't talk a lot about. So they're just the numbers that on offense just aren't aren't going to be. You know, there's just not a lot there defensively. There's a little, little different story. Right, right. So let let's talk defense. We'll start in the back. We'll work our way up. So we'll start in the defensive backfield. This the first kid we're going to talk about is Jaden Mickey. You know, obviously he was an early enrollee. We had an opportunity to get our eyes on him when we were at practice. The coaches have been raving about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, all all of the criteria that Players. you outlined. Yeah, exactly. I mean, rave about him. This kid brings something special to the defensive backfield for Notre Dame from a confidence standpoint, from a playmaker standpoint, all of the above. He is forcing himself into the conversation when it comes to playing, you know, serious minutes frankly uh on defense and i i love that attitude from a guy on defense because the position that he plays you're gonna get beat Mm -hmm. i mean you're gonna get beat period and it's how he he doesn't care man he'll get beat and while he's getting beat he'll talk trash to you you know and i don't mean that in a negative way i mean that in a positive way he's extremely confident he has a one-track mind he will forget about the last play whether it was good or bad he will continue on doing his thing, which is at a very high level. And so I'm super excited about Jaden Mickey and what he yeah. brings to the table, man. When other players start talking about a guy, whether it's, man, this kid's going to be good, or, man, this guy drives me crazy. Because when an offensive player starts talking about how a defensive player drives him crazy, it's usually because that guy's getting in him. It's like right. he's, he's getting in his grill. He's getting in his face. He's stopping him. Nobody hates an, a defensive player that they dominate. They love that. They love defensive players and they dominate. You know what I mean? Right. And and it's a good thing. It's like, man, this guy just he, – he works. He never you, – you could beat him one snap and he just – it's like it didn't even happen. Like he's got that, that 
Let me talk about that short memory. Yes, that's got what that. I, that's, that's what I was referring right. to. Yes. You could smoke him on one play, and the next right. play, he, like they, remember the clip where Braden Lindsay just runs by him and just crushes him. When you see him running back. You see Jaden yapping at Braden. It's like, dude, he just beat you by 15 yards. For doesn't even care. <laughs> he doesn't care. That's what I'm saying. He it's doesn't like, even care. Like you know, hey, you like, got this one. Don't care. It's not don't that he's not back. bothered that he got beat. That's not what we're talking. It's just more of right. like, oh, you know. You better enjoy that because you're never doing that again. It's that that's what we mean. It's like when we say don't care, it's like it just doesn't get him down. It doesn't exactly. affect him the next play. If anything, he's gonna be locked in, he's gonna be ticked, he's gonna make sure hey, you're not gonna beat me on that double move again. And that's what he's telling him. He's we like, We talked hey. about that with Kyle Hamilton as a freshman. Remember during fall camp of his freshman year, we would say, like there was one time where Kyron Williams just torched him on a corner route. Yes. I and then like play, a week actually. later, you're like, he's just he's locking down every corner route out there because he's like, I'm not getting beat like that again. And right. you know, it just and that's what you kind of look for is like guys are going to get beat, but you don't want something to happen constantly. Right. And I think that's the thing that I look at with Jade Mickey is he's got that short memory where and short memory means I'm not worried about getting beat. You still need to think about the play. Cause you, why did you get beat? Was it, what was your coverage technique? Did you blow your coverage? Did, did you not read the route properly? Did he, did you bite for this move? Did you, whatever you did, you got to learn from that. When we talk about not letting it bother you, it's more referring to, you just don't let you get it down. Gary Gray, perfect example. Gary Gray could not get over the big plays he gave up against Michigan in 2011, and it just ruined his career. And he just couldn't get over it. And other guys, you know, you, Kavari Russell is a lot like Jay, – Jaden Mickey reminds me so much of Kavari because that's what we heard about Kavari, just, like, just nonstop. Just like right. I just had this vision of Kavari like talking trash in his sleep. Like if you're his roommate, it had to be like horrible. Like he's just like, <laughs> you know, you're just talking in his sleep. And when Kavar would get beat, okay, fine. You're not going to do that again. I'm going to come right back at you. Exactly. Jaden's got a lot of that swagger that Kavari had and similar body types, similar athleticism. There's like a lot of similarities between him and Kavari. And what did Kavari do as a true freshman? He started on right. a team that played for a championship. I don't know if Jaden's going to have that ability just because of the returning depth, you know, but, but he's a kid, Vince, that he can help you two spots. He can play field and he can play, he can play in a slot. Yeah. Nickel. And, you know, so so technically, Clarence Lewis is the boundary, but if Jaden Mickey's your second best corner, clearly you can either move him to the boundary or you can move Camp yeah. to the boundary, and you can have right. Jaden be your field. But this is a kid that's gonna play as long as he stays healthy. Jaden Mickey's gonna play. The question is where and how much, but he's gonna play. Right. Uh, I, I'm actually pretty confident in Treat Bracy as a slot. I actually, and I've heard some really good things about the spring he had as a slot, about the confidence level the coaches have. He really emerged this spring from a leadership standpoint, right. from a playmaking standpoint, from a consistency standpoint. That's always been the big thing with Tariq Bracey. He'll look like – I mean, I remember Florida State game in 2018 as a true freshman and just locking down Florida State. I mean, they just kept trying to run deep routes on him, and he just was like running with them. You know, I remember how good he was against Georgia in 2019. I mean, he was really good against Georgia. Yeah. And then, then you look at how bad he was against, like, uh, Virginia later in the year. You know, just it's the consistency for Tariq has always Absolutely. been the issue. Yep. So that was a good thing to hear. So I don't know how much slot action is going to be there for for Jaden, but you know, I think it's an, a role where he could do it. But he's going to be hard to keep off the field. And if he doesn't play this year, because there's already a lot of faith in him with the coaches, if he doesn't play, it means Clarence Lewis had a really, really which good off season. Again, which is fun. It's great. I don't uh, care who plays. I just want the yes. guy that can help you go win a championship. I want the best guy on the field. I, I don't yeah. care who it is, to be honest. Jaden Mickey, he's at least going to play special teams a lot. 
but yeah. he's going to play this year. There's right. the, what what capacity, what volume that yeah. remains to be seen. The rotation is he starting? But you know, all is, yeah. he's too good to keep on the field. And you know, you look at the freshman class in general. Benjamin Morrison is obviously still kind of new at this. He didn't have the spring. Right. Heard a lot of good things about his size, his athleticism. He's moving around. You know, but obviously people know that I was very high on him coming out of high school. And right. you know, will he be able to help as a freshman? I hope so. I think he needs to. But at the very least, you know get on special teams and then eventually maybe work your way into the rotation. But right. you know, corner cornerback play for, for these freshmen is not going to be as easy as people think get on the field, because there are guys like Ryan Barnes and Philip Riley and Chance Tucker that are also battling with Clarence Lewis and Tariq Bracey for, for playing time. But this freshman class Vince is going to be really, really hard to keep off the field in, in so many ways and corners, no different. It, it, like I said, yeah. at the very least, uh, Jaden Mickey's on special teams against Ohio state. How much right. will he play at receipt corner? I don't know, but it, it's not, if he doesn't play against Ohio state, I'd be a little surprised, but it won't be very long until he's out there playing more and more and more as a, as a cornerback. He's just too good and too confident and too productive to me not to be on the field. In yeah, my opinion. Absolutely. And this is the first time that I can remember for a while that we are talking about what five or six different corners with the opportunity to play meaningful minutes for Notre Dame, depending on how things shake out. And that that's, that's exciting to me all by itself, to be honest with you, uh, just based on the depth issues and the, you know, the issues that Notre Dame has had at corner and, and from a depth perspective, and we're talking like six guys who we think can play for Notre Dame. And that's to me, that's exciting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And again, I don't care who it is. I don't care who wins out. I don't have a dog in the fight, to be honest with you. My dog is already the best corner on the campus, so it's all good. I'm excited to see who actually does beat who out and gets on the field for that playing time because that means that they won that battle, and that's the important thing. The competition level has risen at corner at Notre Dame, and that part excites me. Exactly, and we're going to talk a lot about corners over the next week. In a lot of different ways, so buckle up. But mm. the two they got coming mm. in right now uh, yeah. are going to be really good. Absolutely. Really, really good players. No question about it. So, Brian, we know that the linebacker class of 22 was fantastic. Number one linebacker mm-hmm. class in the country. Yay, nay, yay. I, I think you said that. I, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Ohio State is in the conversation. Sure. I personally like Notre Dame's better. Uh, but Ohio State's was in the conversation. Like if right. somebody said they like, I said this all. If somebody wants to tell me that Ohio State's better, I'll say okay. okay I think it's their name, but all right, cool. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like it, it's it's not like somebody says, "Well, I think so and so is." Are you kidding me? Like their number third guy isn't even as good as their names. Like their number one guy is not as good as their number three guy. But Ohio State's is the only one that's in the conversation. And I actually think, if I remember correctly, Vince, I actually think Lindy's. Uh, which is the one that does the freshman? I think Lindsay's, I think, had Notre Dame's linebackers as the number one group, or it was either Notre Dame's or Ohio State's. If you just give me a second, I'm going to go to the uh, recruiting portion of the Lindy's. So they had freshmen. Yeah, Lindy's had Notre Dame's linebacking core ahead of Ohio State's. Um, now, they did not have Sonny Styles listed there. So I don't know if they listed him as a defensive as a cor- back. Yeah, the defensive back. Um, was, yeah. But or 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 not, but obviously he's a guy that's in there. But it, again, I still take Notre Dame's four over Ohio State's three, even with Sonny Styles. Yeah. So yeah. moral so, of the story, it's really good. Yeah, moral so of the good story. That they've already moved Josh Burnham to defensive end. Correct. Yes. I mean, yeah. 
Right. Absolutely. So so we're talking about the number one linebacker, you know, core, linebacking core in the country coming in. If we're not talking about them potentially having an effect on the linebacking core at Notre Dame, that would be silly, right? So number one guy, at least for me, I don't want to I don't want to speak for Brian. The number one guy for me with an opportunity is Junior Tui Alamaka. Yeah. I look as a whole, this linebacker class <laughs> is gonna play this year. They're, right. they're gonna play. I'll be shocked if at least three of them aren't starting on special teams, like right away, like within the first month of the season. It's not right away. Nolan Ziegler is going to be a special teams animal. He's going to be a yes. faster version of Bo Bauer. Yes. Like absolutely. as a special teams guy, that's yeah, what he's going to be right away. Um, I've heard, and we've told us in the spring and I've heard it still this summer. He doesn't run with the linebackers and sprints because he just smokes them. I mean, he just kills <laughs> Stop them. there. Right. And they actually have him running with like, I've been told like DBs and receivers and stuff. That's how fast Nolan Ziegler is to the point where like, you know, there's been jokes about, Hey man, if, if we need a receiver this year, you know, let's go get that kid. And he's not a receiver, but like that's right. He's six, four and he's really fast. Yeah. He's going to be a starter on special teams, barring injury. I just, I just, that's just going to be the case. I'll be shocked if a junior two Alamaka is not starting on some special teams. Agreed. I'll be full Lord. If Jalen Sneed's not playing a lot on special teams. And so, that and, and then I'd throw Josh Burnham into that as well. I'm, I'm going to sure. have Josh Burnham potentially working in there as well. And it's not because I just want to throw all the freshman special teams. It's like these are your biggest, most most athletic guys you have on the roster. Right. Why would you, you know? not use them? Right. Outside of Marist. Right. right. Like these guys are going to earn that playing and, time. And these guys yeah. aren't five year players. Right. It, to me. Right. So if they're not going to be five year players, no one's the only no. one. Maybe. Right. Maybe because of the Notre Dame connection and all that but sure no these guys but like are five-year players don't put them on the on the sidelines because you think they're going to be five-year players and waste right. a year of eligibility right that, that's you put them so they can have an impact in your on your team and in game one at ohio state and this is going to be the most cliche thing i say all day you know special teams is a third of the game and right. you need to you oh, need yeah. to win that aspect of it if you want to win that game put your best on the field those guys would be considered part of that group whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
I think for me, there's two mistakes you can make when it comes to special teams, Vince, and it's it's relative to this conversation. The reason I want to mention it. Okay. One is that you don't play kids on special teams who would be starters to save a year of eligibility. Like you can't say you can't give lip service to how important special teams is, but then say, well, we're not going to start play a kid who should be a starter because we don't want to lose a year of eligibility. Right. As long as the kid's physically capable of playing, right? So I, I don't like that. Then the flip side is you just throw a lot of young guys out there who are talented. Right, that you can't get on the field on defense or offense and say, well, we'll just put them on special teams. You've got a balance of we got to find the best guys for the special teams. And we think they will be at least two to three of them will be that. So it's not like you're just, well, yeah, this guy may be better, but, you know, he's a walk on and all this. We want to get the scholarship kid out there. No, if the walk on is better at that role, then play the walk on. If the senior linebacker is better in that role then play but that's also why i think the special teams is going to be so good i start thinking about all the guys right. running down on kickoff and i'm like osita ekwanu i start thinking about maris i start thinking about you know uh bo bauer i start thinking about jack kaiser ramon Herne- ramon henderson xavier right. watts yeah said it's weird um <laughs> ramon henderson xavier watts uh ryan barnes you know i mean you start then you start throwing the fr- Jaden mickey benjamin morrison then the freshman linebackers you're like man they are going to – I have a buddy who coaches uh, special teams at the, at the uh, Power 5 level, and he was coaching against Notre Dame a couple years ago. And, and I remember him – he called me before the game. He's like, dude, this is just dumb. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, they've got a bunch of six foot three, 230-pound linebackers running four fives down on kickoff team. And I was like, he's like, you have no chance. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. It's like, how do I, how do I te- block that? He was joking. He was just kind of venting. I mean – but you know, but but it comes from a place of of truth and honesty yes. too. I mean, it, it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was just it was kind of funny because it's like nobody else has that, all right. And and this team is going to have even more of that, you know, because that was that was like Batelho and 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 Bo Bauer and you know, I think I, I think Osita was part of that. Man, no, he was hurt. Was he hurt in twenty twenty? I can't remember. But they just had these you know these really talented young players running down on kickoff. And it's going to even be more of that this year. Same with yeah. like the kick return, you know, like if I don't be shocked if junior two Alamak is not on the front line of the kick return team or that second level of the kick return. Right. Team, you know, so I think those guys are all going to play on special teams and, and be an impact. Now the question is Vince is, will they have a chance to play as linebacker? And, you know, as they circle back around to the original point <laughs> you made. Yeah. You know, right. Reason I ended with junior is, is I, I also think junior is going to be on there because he is going to be in the rotation or at least have a shot to be in a rotation. Because his combination of size plus athleticism plus instincts is outstanding. And he was a guy that no matter who I talked to, whenever I talked to people, sometimes I'd ask it. Sometimes a lot of times, though, it wasn't being offered. It wasn't being asked. It was just offered. Hey, I went to practice today. You know, whether it's a a boosters at practice, whether it's a a former player, whether it's a source that I have at Notre Dame. I mean, it's just always like, hey, dude, this 44 is going to be a beast. And a lot of people that saw him like had no clue who he was because they don't follow recruiting. Right. You know, they're just they're like former players. They don't follow recruiting. They're just a practice. Like, who's that guy? Right. You know, that guy's really good. And it was always 44 and 21. That was always what I said, man, it's 44, it's 21. These guys are really, really good players. 44 is obviously junior two Alamaka. And so the advantage that he has over like a Jalen Steed is he physically looks like a junior in college. Life. 100%. He does not look like a kid who still no. wants to be in high school a few weeks ago. Yeah. Should have like, been getting ready for prom last month. Exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah he is built I mean, he is a tank and that's i mean you know the manti comparisons can be a little lazy and and like you know people say well he's from the same you know he's 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 a polynesian and he's bob 
but it's like sometimes it's like it's easy because it's it's true it's really accurate yeah right and it's the instincts it's the size it's the it's because manti was physically ready to play as a freshman yes and and jeremiah usukormo was not right like jalen smith was you know some other guys were not you know and you know, it took Drew Tranquil a couple years to develop. If Drew Tranquil came to Notre Dame as a linebacker, he would not have played as a freshman. No, not at all. Right. That's why I mean, he started out it's, back it's and started right. slowly moving toward what, the line. What I was saying more is like, let's just say they would have decided, hey, you're going to be a linebacker day one. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Not, he's not no. playing as a freshman at linebacker. Agreed. He might have been on special teams, but sure, he wouldn't he have played been. a linebacker because he, he just wouldn't have physically been able to do it. Junior steps in with the ability to do it. Yes. And and that and and that's the key. And and that's kind of my hold up on Nolan Ziegler kind of pushing for playing time is you know, he showed up at like 205. Now he's put some good weight on and he's really filled out, but you know, is Nolan gonna be physically ready to play linebacker every snap? That I need to see in the spring, Vince. I think even in the or in in the fall camp. In spring, he still looked super athletic, but he was still learning the defense. There was sure. a lot going on. You know, these kids are swimming because Al Golden just kind of threw everything at him, and it's like it's up to you to catch up, right? right. And they're starting to, from what I'm told. Junior picked it up pretty quickly. The thing about Nolan is, got to remember, Nolan was a receiver and a rover in high school. Right, he wasn't an inside. He didn't play yeah, a ton yeah. of inside linebacker. It's a completely different eye discipline for a guy. Absolutely. And and then, of course, the in high school, they just kind of let him go make plays. You know, now it's about being within the structure of the defense. And, you know, I'm told that he's coming along. But that's going to be the big thing for him at linebacker. And then, of course, you've got Maris Lewifow and Prince Colley ahead of you, which yeah. makes a challenge, too. So that makes it a little bit difficult. But – there's a little bit more of a clean path there at Mike yes. for Junior to beat people out. I mean, not not even like, obviously, if injuries happen, but either, you know, he only has to beat one of J.D. Bertrand and Bo Bauer out to be, the because they're going to play two Mikes. Absolutely. Right? They have for several years now. I think 2018 was the last time they just played one guy exclusively at Mike, and that was Tavon Coney. 19, they rotated. 20 they rotated, 21 they rotated, and this year they'll 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 rotate. They'll That's rotate, just kind of yeah. what they believe in. Now one guy may dominate the reps, but two guys are gonna play. Right. And right. so he only has to beat out one. And as I've said before, I'm not I'm not in that group of people that wants to write off JD Bertrand. I think JD Bertrand was a good player last year. Yep. Not a great player, good player. But moving him to Mike projects even better. For I him. agree completely. But if he gets hurt. Or there's any slippage at all, Junior's a good enough player to say, I got this, right? I got this. So it's going to have to keep those veterans on their toes. It really yeah. is. And Bo Bauer especially is a guy that yes. is going to have to really be careful. Bo's going to be a special teams warrior. He's going to probably still be on the third down package or at least have a shot to be on the third down package. But as far as the number two Mike, he's going to have to – he's going to have to – he's going to have a battle on his hands. As If, if Junior – if – because we've seen guys have good springs and then kind of tailor off sure. and fall. If Junior continues trending the direction he has, he's going to be a hard guy to keep off the field because he is a—he's built like a tank. I mean, he is a really impressive looking kid. Yeah, I, I don't I, look. You know my affinity for Bo Bauer. That will never change. I just from watching what Junior did as an early enrollee freshman to see what he is physically. And to know about JD for that matter, right? And what you said, he's more suited for the middle side for, for middle than he is for weak side. I just I I have a feeling it's gonna be JD one and it's gonna be junior two, and then Bo's gonna have his spots, third down package, special teams, et cetera. I think that's still gonna be his role. And I think junior's gonna be the number two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just I just feel that way. And yeah. and it's nothing against Bo. 
It's just I that's how much I revere and think that Junior how good he is to be honest with you, and it's how good I think JD will be moving to the inside. Mm-hmm. So I I don't see how you keep Junior off the field. I yeah. just he's just too darn good. Yeah. And yes, is there a possibility he takes a step back in the fall? Sure. I just don't see it. I, I just I see him taking that step forward because I think he's not going to be drinking out of the water hose or you know the fire hose anymore. Mm-hmm. Things are going to slow down for him a little bit more. He's not going to be playing just based on instinct, which was right. pretty good to begin with. I just think the whole game slows down for him, and he is just going to be a monster. I do. Yeah, and then it comes down to the next guy's Jalen Sneed. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think he's the guy of all the linebackers. His path to playing time is probably the cleanest, depending on sort of how they use. Jordan Batelho. Sure. I think how they use Jordan Batelho is going to have an impact on just how much we could see Jalen. Jalen's thing in the spring was the same as it was with Burnham and the same as it was with Ziegler is they were swimming for in the playbook. I mean, just drowning, you know, right. You know, that's, that's maybe the better way of, uh, we understand what swimming means, but maybe drowning might be more fair enough, better explanation for, for, for the people in the chat. And so he wasn't playing fast, right? Because he was thinking, too much. I mean, you'd I'd see clips and it's like, once he's took off, he was really athletic, but it was like, well, what's he waiting on? He doesn't yeah. know what's happening. Right. Right. And again, junior's a kid or Jalen's a kid that's played defensive end. He's played Rover. He's played, he's played, now, he played quarterback as a senior. Now you focus right? in. Right. Right. And so how quickly does that light go on? That's yeah. a question more, but he's very athletic. I've told his work ethic has continued to increase. Cause again, guys like Jalen, you know, they're so talented and they work hard. They think they're working as hard as they can. Then they get to Notre Dame and they're like, okay, there's another level, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. When we say that, some people take it as he doesn't work hard. No, just sometimes really physically gifted guys are so much better than everybody else that they think the work they're putting in is why they're there. Right. And then they get to Notre Dame or Georgia or Ohio State and you realize like, there's another level I got to take this sucker to. And I'm hearing that that's continuing to to improve. And that's going to be a key too. But he's got to figure out the defense which is the same for Nolan Ziegler. Those two guys is they got to figure out the defense because I think both of them could still play Rover. I think Nolan's being transitioned into will because he's, he's grown so much and he's so long and big. I think they view him more as an inside guy, but he could easily go back out to Rover as well. Sure. I think one of those guys going to have to find a home this year, because I don't know if you want to have, I don't know if you want to have Jack Kaiser being a 60 snap, guy at rover i think jack is on the smaller side and and i worry about you know him wearing down you know what i mean and i want him fresh in november sure. i want him fresh against yeah. clemson i want him fresh against Absolutely. usc i want him fresh against bc and so i would like to see earlier in the season maybe jack doesn't play i mean ohio states you do whatever you gotta do to win the game if one guy's got to play every single snap you play one guy but after that the next month or so i'd like to see them kind of work some of those younger packet younger guys or different packages in the game sure just to give jack a breather and then if you need to play him if you need to ramp the reps up in november again some of those bigger games then you can and he's fresher right is where i'm coming from and 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 then that's where you can kind of get some of those younger guys because like you may say hey look against ohio state we're not playing this guy i don't trust him yet but let's give him maybe a shot in the first or second quarter against marshall yeah or unlv or and i hope we see more of that with this group. And that's where these freshmen could have an opportunity. But Jalen's need is, is such a twitchy, explosive athlete. You kind of wonder like, are they going to really be able to keep him off the field? That's the thing. And, right. and but the lights got to go on from a scheme pickup standpoint. 
point, which is true for all the all the freshman linebackers and really all the defense as well, because they're not going to dumb down the defense for the freshman. The freshman are going to have to pick it up. And then it's about, okay, he does this, so we'll put him in in that role. That's the right. thing. It's like they don't have to master the playbook, but they've got – they for, this is what you do with freshmen, right? It, this is one of the ways you, you throw everything at them and then just see how much they can over time get. And then once you feel like they have a hand at least on something, then you carve them into that role as a freshman, right? And and But you still want them to try to learn everything instead of immediately putting them into that niche role. Right. You try to throw everything at them in the spring, then let them evolve, let them develop, and then find that niche for them. And Absolutely. we'll see if Jalen Sneed can have that. But I just have a hard time not seeing all of those kids, including Josh Burnham, who's now yeah. a Viper. I have a hard time not seeing those guys on the field some way, somehow, whether it's third down packages, whether it's whether it's special teams, all that kind of stuff. I just have a really hard time um, not seeing those guys on the field some way, somehow. Right. Well, let's put it this way. That there are options. There, there are right. options. You know what I mean? And you can have positional options. You could have situational options. You have options and you have legitimate options, not just, well, let's get some other guys on the field to try to save the legs of, of the starters. No, these guys can come in and they can give you significant minutes, significant plays, significant snaps. And you're, there's not going to be that much of a drop off. Like, mm-hmm. this is a great place to be if you're Al Golden, man. I'm telling you, this, this is exciting. And you know, you talked about Josh Burnham. I mean, he literally grew out of the role of a linebacker almost overnight. Like he came onto campus. He looks like a Viper. He doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. look like right. a linebacker. You know what I mean? So I, I like that move, especially early on. It's like, hey, we're going to put you here. Learn this. Right. I, I actually really like that move. I didn't at the time, but I heard Josh did. And okay. I was like, okay, cool. That, that That's fine, right? Okay. Like, that's fine. I still would have liked to have seen him get a chance at linebacker. But they made a decision of this kid is already 230. Yeah. And he's still skinny. Yes. I mean, that was the thing. Like you saw him, but he was still skinny. Yeah. This kid's going to be 250 easy. And, and he, like he's just going to be, and he's so much bigger. Like Josh has always been super long, but he's really filling out. And it was just kind of like, we got to find a, you know, and he, he was, it was taking time to learn. I mean, he was again, he was a quarterback and he wasn't, we always talked about how he was going to learn better technique and all that. And they just said, hey, this, this kid's fastest path to playing is, just, yeah. Right. Is there. I wanted to see him play linebacker selfishly because how much I love him as a linebacker. But once I was told that Josh was on board with it, I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> right. Because right? that's ultimately, sure. if the kid's not on board, then he's not going to buy in. Right. That's the reality of it. But I've been told he's going to buy in. But look, there's going to be competition, right? You've got Aiden go yeah. at that position. I think, although I think Aiden could eventually grow into a big end. Right. And then Tyson could grow into a three technique. And then, I mean, so there it's easy to to envision getting all four of them on the field together because you have Donovan Heinish in that class, Tyson Ford, and go by. And we'll talk, we'll kind of transition into the the defensive line now, Vince. Is, you know, there's a path to all four playing at some point. You know, Heinish at nose, Tyson at three, Aiden at the big end, because he's got a great, he's skinny now, but he's got a nice frame. He could be 250 plus in a more traditional four down alignment even though you can't be a old school four three with the d end outside like in a nine i'm talking about that where you just don't need a 285 pounder you know so there's a chance he could grow into that and then of course you'll have the 2023 class showing up at some point in time right but the reality is is that the three of these kids are going to have a chance to find a role like even with aiden gobira i'll be shocked if aiden gobira was on the field this year yeah in, in an every down role i'll be shocked if josh oh, yeah. burnham's playing defensive end in an every down role what I won't be surprised by is if they kind of force their way into some nickel package looks at times. Am I predicting it? No. But would it surprise me? No. 
because they just bring even if it's just like he's the number two, right? And you know, like here's the thing: like I would anticipate the nickel being a lot like last year. You have Foskey, you have the Adamiolas, and then a, another either edge player or most likely like a defensive tackle, whether it's Riley Mills or Cross or Lacey, whoever. Right? That's kind of what they've done. But if it's a series where like Justin Adamiola has kind of been at end and he's been in for six or seven straight plays and you may have a nickel where you're like, hey, you know, so-and-so, you're in for Justin here in this nickel as the number two and Justin's getting a breather or something like that, right? Uh, you know, those things can happen at times as well. Or it could be Foskey's played eight straight snaps and you need to get to replace – Gobira's coming in for him or Burnham's coming in for him on a nickel. You get what I'm saying, Vince, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I could see something like that happening. But it's because where they are is they're really explosive athletes, but you know, they're, they're still guys that are 225, 230 pounds that need to build up their bodies before they're really ready to take that full-time role. But when guys are that athletic events, it's easy to find homes for them, you know, (laughs) find somewhere for them to be able to play. And, and that's going to be what I want to, what I want to see from that group is, is providing sort of that impact to what they're doing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Tyson Ford, is a kid who physically looks ready to play. Yes. That's a big boy. But he doesn't have to, you know what I mean? Like they've got depth at those positions right now. Now, if he forces his way in, then so be it. Okay. That sounds great. But when you look at him, you're like, okay, this kid can probably play. And if this was five years ago, when they had to count on freshmen coming in, you'd feel pretty good about Tyson Ford and his physical maturity Mm -hmm. as a true freshman. Right. The, the glory, the, not the glory, the, the benefit of the depth chart now is that you don't have to throw him into the fire as quickly as you had to in the past. I think that's going to benefit him for sure. Mm-hmm. Tyson got a little banged up in the spring and missed some time, which I think hurt a little bit. But to your point, Vince, this is a big athletic kid. Oh, yeah. And and that position even more than others is one where you can play a lot of guys. So as long as Tyson has a good offseason, which I as long as he's healthy, I expect him to. I think he's the guy of all the defensive linemen. If I had to predict one that's going to play as a freshman, it'd be him. Yes, it'd be him. Yeah. And now and again, now Donovan Heinish is going to come out and make us all look stupid <laughs> and be that guy. Right. right, like that's right. the high. That's what the highnesses do, right? Like, yeah. oh, you yeah. want to not talk about you want to overrate? Okay, sure. Yeah. Right, let me. Let me. That's just what they do. That's oh, what the family does. Yeah, make doubters look stupid. Yeah, um, you know. But uh, you know, just looking on talent, skill, size, all that. I mean, Tyson's got it all. I mean, and, and we quickly forget about the freshmen. Like, why do we not talk about Go Byra Burnham and Tyson Ford? Because all we're talking about is Keon Keeley, Devin Houston. You know what I mean? That's just kind of what the world we live in now. Yep, it but is. Tyson Ford was you know, a Jason Moore type last year, a Bubakar Traore type last year, a, you know what I mean? Like he was Brendan Vernon last year, you know, he right. was a top hundred player right. that was a big time pickup. Good reason. Right. Right. And right. he's going to have a chance to help. And, you know, and, and as long as, you know, and this is a question for all freshmen, as long as he's puts into work, as long as he stays confident in himself, which again is a, is an issue for freshmen. Sure. And as long as he takes to coaching, again, this is for all freshmen, but especially for a kid of Tyson's talent, these are not questions about Tyson specifically. They're questions of all freshmen that are especially related to him because of his talent. Sure. To where, because you got to say that now, because then people say, oh, you know, they said that Tyson Ford doesn't work hard. Well, we're saying if all those things check out, right? he's just a guy that's too hard to keep off the field. And look, injuries are going to happen on the defensive line. Someone's going to get hurt. 
Right. And that's how a kid like him slides into the mix because he can play on the edge as a five technique or as a five technique, as a seven technique in that big end role. He can slide inside and play some three technique in nickel pass rushing situations. He's six four plus. He's two sixty plus already. He's got very long arms. Uh, he's a very disruptive player. He's a guy that's going to have a chance to play this year. Now, again, do I expect Tyson uh, Ford to to have a you know a, a starting role, a forty plus snap a game role? No, they don't need him to do that though. Not at all. You know, it's a you know, could he get ten to fifteen snaps and be disruptive? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to see from the freshman defensive lineman. I'm hoping that they are so too good not to play. That's what I'm hoping for. Exactly. And, and of all of them, I think because the reason I go with Tyson over Josh and Aiden Vince, it's easy. He's forty pounds, like thirty to forty pounds yeah, bigger than they are. More physically ready. I mean, right. take the punishment that you're going to take as a defensive lineman in major Division One football. I mean, I, when you walk into a room and those three guys are standing there, they're all impressive. Tyson Ford is the most impressive. That's just that that that's the eyeball test. You know what I mean? And that that's just is what it is. Right. So. That's where I am on defense, Vince. I mean, I just there's a lot of guys are gonna have a hard there's a lot of guys, man, a and, chance to play. And there's a lot of there's a lot of options here for the coaching staff. And there's a lot of well, if this guy doesn't work out, this guy doesn't pan out, or this guy gets injured, we got a great plan B ready to go. Like these guys are gonna mm-hmm. be waiting in the wings, hungry to get out there and show what they've got. And that's the most exciting mm-hmm. part for me. If they're mm-hmm. not starting, man, they're chomping at the bit to get yeah. their chance. Yep. And some of these guys are gonna end up on scout team. That's just the reality of it. Sure. And that's something that also has me excited. And we don't talk a lot about this, and it's not a sexy conversation. We won't talk about it very long. But the reality is, is if you have legit ballers on, on your scout team that are just young and you just bury them, that makes your offense better. Yes, sir. If if the offensive tackles are having to block Josh Burnham and Aiden Gobira and Tyson Ford on a consistent basis because those guys happen to be on scout team early in the year, that's going to make the offense better. Yes. Because – there are very few defensive linemen that Notre Dame is going to face this year that have the twitchiness that, and the explosiveness and the length that those kids are going to bring to the table. Ohio State has some guys like that. Clemson has some guys like that. You know, after that, you know, um, it's a different – if you know, it, it, there aren't a lot of guys on the board like that. And so those are things, too. If Jalen Sneed's down there playing Rover on scout team the first few weeks, guess what? Then they're gonna they're gonna be going against a really athletic rover that's gonna be more athletic than anybody that they're gonna face on Saturday. Same thing with Nolan Ziegler. I mean, right on and on and on. Those things are those are those are areas where a freshman can help as well. I hope a lot of them are on a scout team just because I want them to play. But if they are, but it's that's gonna, gonna make the offense better. Them better though too because they're gonna have an yes. opportunity to go up against the first team. Yes. a lot. Yes, that's only gonna make them better. Like let's say Benjamin Morrison's your fifth corner or sixth corner. Early on. So you have Cam Hart, you have Tariq, you have Clarence Lewis, you have Barnes, and you have Mickey, right? Let's just say those guys are ahead of him right now just because they've been in there. Sure. He's going to be better off being on scout team going against Dion and Styles and Tobias than he is getting third team reps on the starting, the the, the, the varsity offense, defense, where he, you know, you kind of come in, you play like limited snaps that's just how you break up the rotation i would much rather say hey go down there and play down there and get that work even if it's just early in the week i would much rather see that than a guy be the third like if nolan ziegler is third on the linebacker i want to see him running down playing scout team i want to see him getting reps they need reps see ball get ball right and those are things that i want to see this group get a chance to do and if early in the season they're doing that on scout team i i I think that helps them And, and a lot of people view scout team as like a punishment and sometimes it is. Sometimes you use it as punishment, yeah, it you can. know. 
but being on there is not necessarily. I mean, it isn't. I mean, if you're a defensive lineman, you're getting to go against Blake Fisher and Joe Alt and Jarrett Patterson every day. If you start making plays against them, you know, going to be on the scout team. For yeah, me. and good coaches <laughs> and good coaching staffs will look at scout team film and maybe maybe not directly, but like during a bye week, you may go back or you may tell the GA, hey go watch practice film this week, watch right. the scout team, see how Tyson did, see how Aiden did, whatever. Coaches will talk like, man, so-and-so is kicking our butt this week, man. You guys – and we've heard that before, you know, where I remember one time I was talking to an offensive coach in Notre Dame, and he's like, man, I don't tell the defensive staff nothing about this kid. And and I'm like, why? Because he was because he had told me how good this – it was. I can't remember who it was. It was a linebacker. I, it might have been Marist. I can't remember which guy it was. But he was like, man, this kid is so good. He's blah, blah. And, and I'm like, oh, you tell the defense. He goes, I'm not telling them a dang thing. He, I said, because I don't want them to take him off. He gives us such a great look. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, if they want to watch the film, they can watch the film. But I'm not telling them that because they're going to snatch him up. Every time I tell them about how good a kid is doing, they snatch him up. And he goes and sits and gets like no reps on varsity. Right. I, I, you know, I want him to help us because he's making us better. Because if we can start blocking this kid, I know we're going to be all right on Saturday. So that is part of it too. And it's not sexy and it's not, you know, but it's a very important part of your football team being built for success. And that's just, that's just the reality of it. And so to me, that's, that's got it. You have to have the right mindset of how you approach the scout team with your team. Right. So that guys, I mean, you're going to be disappointed if you're not in the varsity, but you also have to look at it as you play a very important role and success in this role. Trust me, if I'm, if I'm out Washington and I got to send some of those guys down, let me tell you something. I will see every rep you take. I will evaluate you on every, I will, I'm going to evaluate you on your hustle, your work, all this. And, and, you know, if you do what you need to do down there, there's, you'll, you'll be up here. Right. right? Don't go down there thinking like, Oh, this is just BS. Or, you know, if you go down there and do that, then you're going to stay down there. But if you go down there and put in work, trust me, we're going to see that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the motivation that you need to give to kids. And you're helping us win. If our offense goes out and scores 40 this week, you helped us with that. You know, if if Tyson Ford or Aiden Gobira is playing the Zach Harrison role all week against Notre Dame going into Ohio State and they shut Zach Harrison down, hey, you helped with that. That's why you give scout team players a week. Exactly. You know, and and that helps you win, yep. right? Whereas if you're putting a walk-on kid down there going against them, it's like the speed that Zach Harrison is going to show compared to the walk-on kid is like it's it's way different. But if you're having to block Aiden Gobira and, and Josh Burnham and Tyson Ford all week, th- you're going to be ready for what you see over there. And that's going to be the important thing. So Vince, that's going to do it for this part of the show. We're going to do a mailbag next, but obviously before we transition to that, I want to remind people about two shows tonight, six o'clock PM. Uh, Sean Styers is going to be there for IB nation sports talk. Then at eight o'clock, uh, we're going to have our recruiting show where we will cover the uh, announcement by 2024 star receiver, Cam Williams. Uh, we'll get ready for him and we will obviously we will cover what he does and we will talk about what that means for Notre Dame and kind of what's next and all that other kind of stuff uh, and kind of go from there. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of roll through that as well. So let's dive into the mailbag Q&A bait. here, Vince, right? So, but I, anything else that you wanted to add on the freshman before we transition into the mailbag? You, nothing specific just this is the largest freshman group that I think we've ever talked about going into a season with a legit opportunity to give meaningful minutes to both sides of the football 
Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me excited about this group, right? And it, and again, it's not because they need to, it's because they will. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they're that good. That right. that's what excites me about this group. I one of the things I love about college football is you kind of have to reshape your team every year based on guys that have left, new guys coming in. I love that about college mm-hmm. football. That that's my favorite because I, I love the the building of the foundations and all these different things. The coaches got to be licking their chops, man. That, that's right. what I'll say. coaches have got to be super excited about this group coming in because not only are they have a ton of talent, but they're going to push the guys that are already on the roster. Right. That's more, right. more than you could ask for. That's great.